In this episode, I give a summary of the Twilight 2000 creation that Jason and I did. A couple of summaries on games that I ran this week. Uh, there's a couple of responses to Amy's comments on the previous podcast, and I'm hoping that there will be more. And then I might conclude with an unboxing. Metallica, The Four Horsemen, Kill 'em All album back when Metallica was good. And yes, breaking through the wall like the Kool Aid Man is the rule of cool. Great example. Well, that was Jason giving some answers or answer attempts at the, some of the latest songs. I won't tell you if they were right or not because the bidding is still open. But Jason's starting to accumulate some points. Apparently, not only does he like Death Clock, but he likes another heavy metal band that's pretty famous. So, Jason and I, what we did recently, we did character creation for Twilight 2000 4th Edition. We did the Life Path Edition, the Life Path version of the character creation. And it's pretty long, so I'm going to have it as a supplementary podcast that you can listen to it's about an hour and a half and I it really doesn't have any clear breaks but I it's probably a good idea to separate actual play from non-play content I think and again it it is pretty long and I the reason and I'll just comment about it here the reason it's pretty long is that we just went rules as written and it took a while for one of the roles the at war to occur. So Jason's character went from 18 years old to about 41 in 1d6 year increments, and he had like eight quote-unquote careers. So his character is very interesting. You'll see that his character went from a youth in a small town to a, a driver for some company, maybe, and then he did a stint with the police and in the military and then he did some more driving mechanic blue collar work and then he frustrated with that job in his mind he perceived lack of promotion lack of financial success he became a criminal maybe he decided a car thief for a term and then with that money he finally was able to retire and he decided his character is an expat, so he retired in Europe, maybe on the German-Polish border somewhere, or maybe even in Poland itself. So he'll have to work out the details. So it's a really fun character creation process. I think it's exceptional in that he did go through eight careers before the war started. Um, it looks like it's almost all the way. I think technically you can go to nine careers. And then the war will automatically start after that since the roll is a d8 and you have to roll under the roll. So maybe the war never starts if you roll an 8. I don't know. No. You have to roll under the number of careers. One under the number of careers that you have. So if you had nine careers and you, if you roll an 8 or under, that's automatic, right? So... So I get it's the formula is n minus one. So anyway, um, 
that's character creation is I thought it was very interesting and exciting. It definitely makes make, helps you to create characters that are more competent than the archetype method. So um, there you go. And I'm hoping to get that to the table at some point and someone can join Jason's character on the Twilight 2000 fourth edition game that I'm thinking of. All right. Thank you. So I guess I went from one of the best sessions ever to a very tense session that wasn't so satisfying in my Iron Kingdom's 5e game uh, this past Wednesday. So the characters had been in the Undercity doing dirty work and pursuing a lead to find a missing sword for the City Watch as they were, they had signed a contract to become mercenaries for the City Watch. So they escaped the sewers jumped into a sluice and were shot out into the river, which I guess cleaned them up a little bit after being in the sewers in the Undercity. So when they came upon shore, uh, and this I will, with caveat, this is how the adventure is supposed to go. Um, spoilers, if you're running the Adventure Legacy of the Witchfire, and maybe what I should have done in hindsight is to look through, read through this a bit more carefully on how this was done and shore it up. But effectively, when the characters get back to land in the city, they're arrested and accused of the murder of Father Dumas and the two uh, nuns at the Church of Morrow, Sister Agnes and Sister Viola. And there are a lot of witnesses that have accused them. And they're threatened with, we're going to disarm you and parade you through town in manacles. And I think what happened too is, I know one of my players hates when this happens, hates and fights it with a passion. And it's understandable. And, you know, you're, you're arrested, you know, you take, you're, you're taken away. You're, you're it's heavy on the railroad, you know? And, uh, and I think I misunderstood what he said. So things almost got tense to the point where they were going to, the, these police city watch men were going to open fire, but we, figured that out, that it was a misunderstanding. So the characters did uh, negotiate. Okay, we'll just take just take our guns, but there's no need to... You guys can't carry all the stuff that we have because they have a lot of weapons. So they're taken uh, through the town, escorted through the town, but it wasn't apparent that they were prisoners, really. Um, apparently the crime was extremely violent and brutal, so... The police were pretty upset about it and and took him to the jailhouse. One of the players was late, so I said that he kind of, I didn't know if he was coming, so I, I said that he, he ducked out with the gobber scout that they had. And uh, his adventure was a little different and probably more satisfying, honestly, where he got to try to, he got to successfully evade the watch and, you know, get to, get to the jailhouse on his own. Um, sneak in to the jailhouse, uh, knock out a lieutenant and uh, dress in uniform. And then when the characters who had been sitting in jail for a few hours or in the dungeon for a few hours actually manacled and without their equipment were then marched upstairs to talk to the captain after they had, they were going to be spending the night in jail all night, but uh, they had negotiated enough and recalled 
that the timeline didn't match. And hey, we we had a bar fight last night. You know, we were there. There's no way we all got drunk together. Um, they convinced the guardsmen that uh, something was not right. So they were able to speed the timeline up, which I thought was good. And maybe just kind of a detaching from the rails a bit on how it's how the adventure is written. Um, and because uh, I, I just didn't didn't feel right, especially since there was it was only on the because of witnesses. They talked to the captain. He let him look at the witness notes and the police reports. And they're like, this is ridiculous. Because um, honestly, the way I would I feel like there needs to be a bit more advice on how to run this encounter is very railroady without explanation and the timeline doesn't really match um so the the people the victims were reportedly allegedly killed in the night but but then by then weren't the players arrested before they went off to the steamworks to uh to find the gobber scout in the morning um yeah it just it and i it's my fault i should have read through it and either tossed it out or had it go down a bit more subtly. Um, but, but that's okay. I think we got back on, back on track. They convinced the captain. The captain was called off because while all this was happening, apparently it is a big distraction. And having the city watch go on a manhunt while undead pour from out of the undercity into the town. So it's like the longest night all over again. And uh, we left it with the captain giving them a box of potions and them, because of the mistake, them able to convince him to let him borrow the rust bucket jack that was in, that had been um, confiscated in a previous raid. And now the players, we decided to stop there while the players try to fix up the jack, which has his bigger and better maybe, but it has some issues. Um, fix up the jack and then head into town because they kind of know where to go based on their investigations in the Undercity. So we'll pick up that next week, I hope, and uh, I'll try to make it less railroady. And speaking of trains, well, I started another Deadlands game. So... This is our Thursday night, every other to fill in the same spot that I would play the Warhammer Fantasy. And uh, currently it's our Thursday sort of Anchorites group consisting of uh, Jason Connerly of Nerds Variety RPG Cast, Arlen Walker of Live from Pelham's Wasteland, and also Joe Richter from Hindsightless, and sometimes Eric Salzweedle from Omega 3 Variety Chicken Coop Podcast. So... We were been running uh, Barbarians of Lemuria, which Jason Connerly is running, but since Eric has is pretty busy this summer and this month, he can play I think one time during the month. So that's when we're going to continue Barbarians of Lemuria. So they asked me to step in and run something. We decided on Deadlands. So everyone except for Eric Salzweedle is playing, but my friend Vince from the home group joined in since he likes Savage Worlds and Deadlands. So I, I then pick archetypes that they customized a little bit, and I set up the game on the roll 20, 
uh, using the Savage Worlds and the Deadlands add-ons. And uh, just a slight comment on that. They have some action cards customized for Deadlands, and I'm not a fan of them. I think I'll go to the regular suede action cards next time. It's hard to read the Deadlands cards. Uh, they have a strange styling, but that's just me. Uh, your visuals might be better. So anyway, uh, the players consist of, like I said, Jason Connerly. He's playing a Sawbones named Doc Bones McCoy. There's a reference there if you can't catch it to Star Trek. Ha ha. And then you have uh, Joe Richter playing a gunslinger named Hezekiah. I don't remember his last name, but uh, I'm sure it's a gunslinger reference. And then there is a or Dark Tower reference. Thank you for that correction, mental correction. And then there is uh, Arlen Walker playing. He's playing a U.S. Marshal named Bill Marshall. And Vince is playing a bounty hunter named Candelario Perdicion, or CAD for short, since it's a mouthful of a name. That sounds great. So for inspiration, I took the outline from a wild cards session of Lawless, spoiler alert, but it definitely is, is turns out very different. There are some key players and some things that go on, but uh, it's just an outline really. And I, I adapted it to my players and changed some things already. Um, so it was actually uh, pretty fun to run. I think Jason is gonna talk about it in his podcast from a player perspective. So for me, it was cool working out the outline. I grabbed what was nice is that in the the summary or the, of the outline, um, the author put, and I'll put this in the show notes too, uh, about for the podcast, if you want to run it, hopefully my player, watch it. Hopefully my players won't watch it for spoilers because it could give some hints, at least the main things. But I've changed some things too, so yeah, whatever. So anyway, um, they start off on a train. Uh, they're going to a town called Flat Edge, Kansas to investigate the loss of communication. Um, they're working for a Joshua Chamberlain of Empire Rail. And um, they decided various relationships with Chamberlain and each other. Uh, on the train stops, there's this blockage in the road. Uh, yes, I know that, as Arlen Walker pointed out, trains have cattle guards, but you know, just in case, I think the the conductors were, the train uh, workers were a bit skittish because of potential ambush or whatever. So they wanted the these uh, aces to go check it out. Um, these agents to go further that were hired by the rail company to check it out. They find it's a it's a uh, injured steer, so they justifiably put it out of its misery, remove it from the tracks. Some great roles there. Uh, Cad notices something out there in the tall grass, but, you know, he steals himself. He's shaken by it, but not stirred up or afeared, um, using some of the metacurrency bennies to make sure he was not. And they don't go out into the grass, so they jump back on the train, and the train continues into flat edge, which stinks to high heaven, but they don't see that. They see livestock, but not many that would warrant that smell. There's flies everywhere. 
the people are rude and mean. Um, Bill Marshall intimidates one to talk to them briefly. He points to the empty Empire office and at the end of the platform and to the saloon in town. So and then runs away when Cad starts vomiting because of the stench. Uh, but uh, old Sawbones, he's or Bones, he's got some tricks up his sleeve, so he fashions something to help with the stench uh, to calm down uh, Cad's stomach, and the rest of them, you know, put that on their on their you know handkerchief or whatever to keep the smell away, which is well, a great thing. It's a good. I mean, I got it's it's nice to have good players that pay attention to detail and like to to do things that are fun or that they feel their characters would do. It's a good group. I'm very happy. Lots of heavy, heavy leaning into the role play uh, by everyone. And I thought it was cool. So um, I know that Arlen and Jason have played a lot of Savage Worlds, especially this edition. Uh, but this is Joe's first introduction to Savage Worlds. And Vince played previous editions, but hasn't played the latest edition. So um, and it was fun to get some of the people from my home group together with some of the Anchorites. So... Uh, then after they investigated the Empire uh, offices, they actually busted in because it was empty and locked. And they found a few clues that uh, things don't quite add up to the timeline that they were given. So they continue to investigate in the saloon. The saloon people are rude. Uh, but then someone is nice to them, does a few hands of cards, says, hey, if you want information, go out in the back. Of course, it's a setup and a fist fight. Well, it's supposed to be a fist fight ensues, uh, but there is some guns drawn and people shot. And uh, that took a, while, uh, a bit of time in our session. Uh, it's the first time doing combat, uh, which was fine. And then, they, like I said, they, they role play it up and get into the accents, and, and it's, it's pretty fun. So they drag these guys back, uh, Bones patches up the leader of this gang who turned out to be the bounty that Cad was looking for. He's a bounty hunter. So they take him back to the empire offices where they're going to hole up. Um, and then we're going to continue from there. Oh, another strange item that they found. Uh, uh, Doc, uh, Doc McCoy crawled underneath the platform and found a very large scale. Oh, and the steer had been bitten by what looked like an alligator, and Bones decided he's from the southeast, so he kind of knew knew that. Well, he also ruled fantastic on the on his science role. Like I think he got he got a super raise, but you know, even though he just did one raise in Savage World, so um, it was pretty neat. Actually, Jason was rolling on fire with regards to the skill rolls. He also gunned down uh, someone who was attacking one of or charging one of his buddies. So uh, there you go. Jason might have won that session if there's a winner, but I think we all won because it was a really great uh, first episode of our uh, Deadlands High Plains Heroes. And I'm definitely uh, grateful for the, the Wild Cards Lawless offering. It's given me some great inspiration, and now I can fold this if we decide to continue. I was thinking about it this morning into a bigger campaign with some interesting uh, canonical players into the mix. That is thrown into the mix.
while the Civil War was going to happen no matter what, probably, go back and look at the nullification crisis that Andrew Jackson stomped down. But chances are there was going to be a Civil War. But there's no question that when the Civil War happened, the straw that broke camel's back and the, the you know, the reason it happened was slavery. You, you know, it, it was determined as soon as Abraham Lincoln was elected before he even assumed office. And all you have to do is look at the, you know, the papers, the acts of succession. I might not be using the right term. I'm sitting in the car. I'm not looking it up. But if you look at the, the articles of, of secession, right, you look at every, you know, the basically the paperwork each state filed when they seceded from the Union or attempted to secede from the Union, as we found out. You know, they all mention slavery in there. So I, I don't think it's a big question. Hey, Jason. Thank you for that comment. That's in response to Amy's comments in the interview she talked about. She talked about Kate Warren and Kate Warren's involvement in the Civil War. And it looks like, sounds like her and Jason agree on why the Civil War was started. It's a little political here, but hey, truth is important. Yo, Carl, I really enjoyed your interview with Amy. I thought she had awesome stuff to say. Uh, really great stuff. I hope she comes back on the show again. That'd be fantastic. Her character sounds super cool. And yeah, it's just a great episode. Your your sh- episodes have finally started showing up on iTunes again, which makes me happy because that's my platform that I use the most, even though it's really been pissing me off lately. Uh, but anyway, man, keep up the great work, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace out. Thanks, Joe, for the comments. I'll pass that along to Amy. And, uh, yeah, I want to get her back on, um, maybe even get her in some some of the games with you guys as well. So I think she has a lot of insight. and She has a really much better podcast voice than I do. So very even-toned, no ums, very polished. But, hey, that's Amy. So... It'd be great if we can encourage people to call in and continue to comment on what she said. So keep it up and keep on, keep it on. Again, thanks for the call, Joe. Okay, last segment, I think, in this podcast, meet in a boxing. So I got a priority mail package that is 14 by 12. By three and a half. It is from a priority mail from Paizo. Interesting. So let me open this bad boy up. I'm just going to cut it because I don't feel like messing with trying to muscle my way through some flaps. Inside there are multiple uh, packages and some air wrap, air bubbles. So these are little sub envelopes, the typical Pisa ones they have that are the rip, rippy kinds. You can hear that rip. So let's see what I got. Ooh. Right. I think it looks like all three since Pisa has been unfortunately behind on their subs and their printing. And I opened in two little envelope-sized things. It is all three of the latest 
adventure path, mini adventure path. The Fists of Ru the Ruby Phoenix Adventure Path, parts one, two, and three. So they are Despair on a Danger Island, Ready Fight, and King of the Mountain. And it looks like it's a island tournament that the player characters are invited to. And what's very interesting, I think, is that this adventure starts at 11th level. And the first book goes to level 15. The second book goes to level 18. So the third book, I'm assuming, and yes, I am correct, goes to level 20. So this is like some high-end stuff for some high-end play for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. I really want to get back into some Pathfinder 2nd Edition, so uh, maybe if they have their old 20 or I can DIY this since I'm a subscriber and I get the PDFs, I can put this thing together and uh, have you guys create characters at 11th level and then go from there. Pretty cool. It's a three-parter. So it looks like the last two Adventure Paths for Paizo have been three-parters. Um, so I think the per previous one was the called the uh, Abomination Vaults, I believe. It takes place in um, an Absalom and you explore a dungeon. It's like a mega dungeon crawl in three parts. And then this one maybe takes off from there. I don't know. Maybe it's a, a sequel. I'll have to check that out. Or maybe you can run them together. I think that one goes from levels 1 to 10 or 1 to 11. Um, right? So, cool. Fists of the Ruby Phoenix. Okay, that's all, folks. I think I'm going to conclude this one. And again, I did not put the actual play, quote-unquote play content of character creation. I put that in a separate, so that'll be 11.1. Uh, if I'm able to put 11.1 .1 on the little publisher information. And uh, we'll talk to you guys again. So look forward to those these two coming out here righty right soon.